Hello. Hey, Tom. Hi, Joe. Long time no see. Um, yeah, you could say that. Um, well, I just said it because I haven't seen you for a long time. It wasn't a... Oh, I thought you were just using like a turn of phrase. Like a kind of colloquial... Not yeah. colloquial, but Is like it... just a, a general opener. Yeah, I... Yeah, I don't know. No, it was just it was just factually based that I hadn't seen you. Um, okay, yeah, I guess if you want to go with that, that's fine. Sure. <laughs> okay. Little, I don't little, know quite why I'm so why I was so weird. A little, little truculent to begin with, but that's fine. I think I was actually I was looking for a text on my phone that I needed for the podcast, and yeah. you kind of caught me off guard. So and so I figured just to buy a, myself time, I would just, just be a bit vague, make a bit. Too much of this um, seems long time. A, seems season. a little unprofessional, but I see. I see what you've tried to do, but you've you've owned up to it, and that's the main thing. So well, it's, it's created some some drama, some tension that mm-hmm. we both can now feed into the podcast. Sure, make it quite um, an intense episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I want to talk to you about something before we get going, and that is the new craze. Have you heard of it? I mean, most probably. Yeah, you sure? If it's a new craze, I'm probably into it. Um, well, then why don't you tell me about it? Well, because there's so many crazes that I'm into. Mm. You know, hot yoga, mm. um, Lego robot making, um, that's a cool thing, um, knitwear. Yeah, keep going. Spelunking, I'm a, bit, I'm a big spelunker. Well. Um, tombstoning, I'm all over that. Um Walking on glass bridges in China. That's something I'm into right now. Yeah. Um, well, they closed it down. How into you, into that are you? Well, I, I was going to buy the tickets, but then they closed it down. Yeah. So I'll probably wait, but I'm kind of into it. Okay. Well, this is none of those. Right. Um, what do the words pain table mean to you? Pain table. Pain table. Paintable. Paintable. Pain table. Paintable. Are you saying two different words? <laughs> well... Do either of those pronunciations mean anything to you? Well, if you're talking about pain table, I'm thinking like chiropractor. Yeah. If you're thinking paintable, mm. I'm thinking of paint things that you could paint. Right. Well, this is a table that you can paint. Now, it's a wall-mountable, hangable table that you never have to clean because it's art in that. Okay. What about the le- Does it have the legs on it? Uh, they fold up. Nicely. So, okay. So you can get food and sh- stuff on it and just be as gross as you like. Well, you can't... You, oh, so you mean using it as a table in its original form, then you get make a mess, then Got you hang it on Got guests coming wall. over, you want to look like a sophisticated um, intellectual. Yeah. Um, but you're in a pinch. You don't have anything that makes you look like that. And sure as hell, your brain's not going to help you. No, definitely not me. Slap that bad boy on the wall. Yeah. Instant conversation starter. Quick question. Yeah. Where do you put your coffees? Uh, well, it's really avant-garde to put it on the floor these days. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like if your guests are really hip, they'll go, I loved how he, how he made us put our stuff on the floor. It was so... Kind of Japanese you know, style. Yeah. Yeah. Just, um, I don't know what the word would be, postmodern, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and by coincidence, Paintable are our new sponsor. What are the chances? So... Go out there now. I'm not sure if they're available in shops yet. Um, to be honest, I was kind of just sold on the concept and agreed with so, the paintable guys. So it's to, not. So you can't. Any table can't be a paintable because what is it that they're selling? Is it the actual table? Like, it's wall mountable. 
It's like a fold-up table. Uh-huh. And it's got the paintable branding on it, obviously. But I don't want it... If it's avant-garde and I'm using it in, like, intellectual... I don't want branding on it, though. Yeah, but it's your your unique mess that you're going to make on it that's going to make it your art. Yeah, I don't know if people are into, like, labels and stuff. Um, I think they've come... They used to be unpopular, but they've kind of come back around now, so people just think it's really cool. So labels are in? Oh, big time. Okay. This is the kind of stuff I need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you just, if you just go out tomorrow... Find yourself a jumper that has like Calvin Klein massive letters. Maybe like a Ralph Lauren one. With or cat Ralph Lauren cat. Because I've got I just went out and bought like twenty five plain t- white and grey t shirts. Oh dear, no, no, no. Because yeah. everyone's like George Clooney and Matt Damon. You never see them wearing mm. so I no, 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 no. Right. Two words for you. Marker pen. Okay. Right on those bad boys, those yeah. plain bad boys. Go with any any kind of Label you want. Just like a YSL. YSL, very big now. Yeah. Um, Ralph Lauren chaps is yeah. the one you have to go for. Okay, okay. And um, if, you, if you've got kind of plain underwear, you can write Calvin Classics yeah. just across the waistband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm getting a bit off, off topic here, but basically the guys from Paintable are, um, I think the product's still in development. I kind of just met a sales rep for them mm-hmm. when scouting for sponsorship and he kind of sold me on it just on the idea and they were kind of like we're looking for an avant-garde podcast to to link exactly. up with they, they knew what the hottest coolest podcast around was sure um, couldn't get hold of them not not bothered by release schedules <laughs> it'll just come out when it's ready yeah. <laughs> um, and they, they kind of loved that great yeah I mean that's true you're just doing it when you do it yeah and what's more avant-garde than that exactly yeah. so right. welcome to the show So, um, I don't know how many of the Commender Buddies... Uh, are still with us? Well, I know there's loads of them. Sorry, but, yeah. Uh, just aware of what the new format is. Yes, maybe we should uh, testing it out. review the new format. Um, so, we're basically going down to one review. Okay. Uh, one review, one com- recommendation. One recommendation between, between us. Alternating each week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I use the term week. Weekly. Yeah. Um, and then there is the the feature that has been sweeping the nation. Five for five. Five in five. five yeah, five yeah. in five. I'm so right. excited I couldn't say it right. <laughs> Helped get the words out. Yeah. Um, the, um, the feature is so exciting that they tried to ban it. They did actually try and ban it. Some, some of you the, might the have. The big cats. Yeah, the fat the, cats. The fat cats couldn't quite handle. Up, up in City Hall. What we were <laughs> What we were trying to go with, they just we were too fresh for them. Yeah. So just, some of you may have got the last episode with big gaping holes in it, where the uh, five samples of music have mm. come in. Um, wait and see this week, see if it happens again. Instead, um, you just had to imagine the music that I, I reviewed. Yeah. Or go, go, just show some initiative. Go out there and listen to it yourself. Yeah. For it's once. all in the show notes that stop, we don't make. So stop relying on us for everything for once. Please. <laughs> um, so we'll see how that goes, and then finally we have the listener recommendation yes um quick note to the listeners we'd love some more recommendations yes please so send them in um also uh 
I read an article about how to make a successful podcast the other day. Excellent, good. And something that they always say we should do, which we never do, is ask people to subscribe. Yeah, we don't do that. We're very, uh, we're not very pushy with the like review us on iTunes, like us on Facebook, yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of I follow kind of us like on Twitter. That we don't do that. I think people enjoy it. Yeah, but then again, I went and did this uh, escape the room thing on Sunday, and they did quite a good thing where they took a picture of us and then said, if you want the picture. Mm give us your email and I did want the picture so I gave them email then they gave me a link to a um, review website um, and and I because I really enjoyed it I did review it because they were slightly pushy but not mm. too pushy so you're suggesting would be slightly pushy a little bit pushier maybe in terms of you know like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram or yeah. Twitter. When was the last time anything was actually on the Instagram or Twitter? It's but part that's of this whole what, So we're not being pushy when you're there. Yeah. So we're not going to just harass you and harangue you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Except for right now. So please mm. rate us on iTunes, subscribe. It helps other people who might not be aware of Commendable. Yeah. Because um, I think it, it's more likely to pop up on recommendations or something. Mm. Good for a, a show called Commendable that recommendations are made about it yeah um but anyway i'm getting slightly sidetracked commend commendable please yeah go out there and, and do that that would be great um but without any further adieu um we'll get on to my recommendation to you yes Tom. please so i gave you um the film love and mercy to watch which is a biopic <laughs> I yeah. guess you'd call it. Or some people say biopic, which I'm not entirely comfortable with, I must admit. No, it doesn't sound right. Um, and it's a it's a biopic of Brian Wilson, who is the main, was, and is, I guess, the main songwriter for the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was um, turned on to this because someone at my work had given me his autobiography. Um, and... I found it really fascinating and kind of tore through the first um, half, I'd say, of it. And then around the, I'd say, third quarter, it all slowed down a bit. And it was talking about, which we can get into a bit later, his um, diagnosis with illness and schizophrenia and his subsequent treatment and curing by a guy called Dr. Landy. And the book just started to go into such exhaustive detail about what a wonderful person Dr. Landy was and how much he'd helped him and how much he'd saved him that it was becoming, it was like a bit much and you were just going, am I reading a book about Brian Wilson or am I reading about how brilliant (laughs) Eugene Landy's treatment methods are? I can't tell what's going on in this book, but I really want to go and get treated by Dr. (laughs) Eugene Landy at the moment. I think you should. Mm. Um, But... um, so yeah, I mean, I love the, the early stuff about how they wrote all the songs and how they became popular from being like a small band kind of managed by their dad um, into this kind of biggest selling act, one of the biggest selling acts in America. Um, and how how they felt about that whole progression and everything. Um, and so I was quite excited to see the film because I can't, you know, when you sometimes you're reading a book and you're struggling to finish it, and I just thought, well, maybe the um, right. Maybe the film can help just finish off the autobiography for me um, and maybe condense the bits on Eugene Landy a bit more. And it was only after having watched the film um, that you kind of get the full picture of what was going on. Yeah. And without giving away 
too much of a spoiler, as I know we love to do in yeah, we are the podcast. Turns out that Eugene Landy um, was subsequently in, in the last, I think, ten, or maybe in the early 90s, was banned, yeah. Yeah, banned from ever making contact with Brian Wilson again. And practicing psychology in the state of South, of state of California. Yeah. Um, so basically he'd, um, he, he was kind of in an abusive relationship with not in that sense, but not in a romantic relationship, but, um, was really abusing his Mm. power over Brian Wilson, who was quite fragile mentally. Um, and anyway, I'm getting a bit sidetracked, but, the film is is a is a biopic, but um, it's not kind of structured from beginning of Brian Wilson's life to the end. It's kind of there. There's two guys playing Brian Wilson. Um, there's Paul Dano playing the young Brian Wilson, and then John Cusack playing the um, older um, Brian Wilson. And anyway, I really love the film, so I'm interested to see what you thought. Yeah. So I. I guess I like the Beach Boys as much as anyone else who enjoys listening to them but hasn't really done so seriously. Yeah. So if someone puts the Beach Boys on, very happy to listen to it. A lot of hits. A lot of hits. Um, and I remember my friend Hannah and I at university driving around Arizona listening to the Beach Boys and that was great. And But not necessarily feeling invested in them, I no. suppose, as a group. And it, it really... I mean, I... I I have to just come straight off the bat and say that I absolutely love the film. Mm. Um, and it, the story, I think it's because the story was so compelling because it wasn't just, I mean, I suppose you don't make stories about bands that are successful and nothing bad happens mm. and then everything ends really well because that's not a great film or story. And so I didn't know anything about um, Dr. Landy and, the fact that he became his legal guardian and had that real absolute power mm. in many ways over him. Um, and that, you know, Melinda Ledbetter, the lady who he meets at the beginning of the story, he, um, Brian Wilson played by John Cusack in his later years goes to a Cadillac dealership and she, there's this kind of very lovely moment where he comes in, she comes in and he's in this car and she just has this very kind of soft, mm but lovely interaction with him. And you can see that it's something that's been missing from his life, considering he's someone who is uh, under care mm. and someone who should be um, looked after. And, and he is very um, gentle and very needy and, and fragile and yeah. vulnerable. And, and, but so she in a way, and as we find out later on in the story, but um, yeah, I thought, I thought I really liked the way it cut between the two the younger and, and the older and it wasn't traditional in that sense of you know it starts off and then just continues it's, through it's one of the things I've, I've noted down which was just um as you said the structure so it was kind of the way it, it does it is it kind of rather than telling a i suppose there is a kind of distinct narrative maybe more so in the cusack bits right but it takes kind of snapshots from different periods mm. of his life um uh, as a young man, um, going from their beginnings um, through to kind of his breakdown ultimately. Mm. But I just think it, it's a really interesting way of telling the story to to kind of 
show you where someone was mm. at a certain point and where they ended up and, and, and the impact of those how they got there yeah um, but another thing I noted down was also I think you mentioned the fragility of, mm. of Brian Wilson and how Cusack portrayed that but I thought what was great was just the cohesion between Dano's performance and Cusack yeah. so you, you really I don't know how much they probably worked on it quite a lot but you really could see um, the man he was mm. uh, in the man he became in the present day under John Cusack. Well, one of the things that I really noticed was when the Beach Boys went to Japan and uh, Brian Wilson, who'd had a panic attack on a plane coming back to California from, I think, the East Coast, and he didn't want to go to Japan, so he stayed behind. And the rest of the Beach Boys went and played in Japan and he wrote a lot of the music that would become Pet Sounds. Yeah. And the way that he inter- interacted sorry, with, um, with the the session players mm. was so lovely and he was so friendly and polite and nice. And, and there's a really lovely moment when him and one of the session players says, listen, we've played with Phil Spector. We've played with all the big guns. We've played with all, and you are something else. Mm. And you might be the most talented musician on the planet kind of thing. And he, yeah. he can't believe it, but they see that there is something, some form of greatness there. And, but it's just interesting because so often you connect the idea of genius mm. with being a bit of a terrible person sometimes. <laughs> and you have to be like really ruthless and yeah. selfish and you can't allow anyone else in and you kind of have to get everyone out of the way. And, mm. and you kind of hear these stories of people um, dividing, you know, people and kind of cu- cutting people off. And he does in the sense that, they get rid of his dad earlier on in the story and then his cousin, I think, who's part of the band, mm. start. there's an interaction with them that where they start to kind of separate. But it was just really interesting the way you saw how kind of all he wanted to do was he had this idea in his head and he just wanted to make it and yeah. he just wanted people to help him do that. But it was, it's kind of um, a, a, tra- a tragic story, really, in, in many senses, because although it kind of has a... I guess a happy ending. Yeah. Um, I think it's what you said when you, you said you have to be, to be a creative genius, you really have to be very um, kind of, I guess, what's the word? Focused on your own vision. Mm. And what becomes clear is that Brian Wilson, because he was probably a bit nice and a bit fragile, mm. maybe partly to do with the relationship with his dad, was that he was kind of unable to just tell his brothers and yeah. his dad, no, yeah. this is what's going to happen. Mm. Um, and, Apart from reading the book, I knew at least um, he was talking about the way he always heard music in his head, and this mm. was the sounds in his head that he just wanted to to get out. And I think that the way the film was shot, specifically the moments when they were showing how the music was made, really kind of reflected and touched on that. That it, it did just seem like someone was agitated and mm. had these things going around, and well, people were witnessing kind of a moment of genius. There was almost this like kind of Beethoven-esque moment where and, and they alluded to him being almost completely deaf in one ear mm. when he was lying on top of the piano and putting screws on top of the keys and then plucking the keys so the screws fell in a certain way and you're mm. just thinking well I mean this guy, lots of people would you know just think this person's absolutely crazy but he knew what yeah. he was trying to get and he knew and, and it works um, I think going back to listening to I don't know if you've done it yet but obviously well, I, not yeah, quite yet but yeah a little um, bit you, you kind of you know the Beach Boys for their like their hits 
but you don't quite realise with, with a lot of great music you don't realise actually quite how complex these pop songs are and I think the technique he used which um, they, they show in the film which um, I think he may have actually got from Phil Spector which is called The Wall of Sound which is just layering tons of instruments on top of each other so right. as you say these little subtle things so they'd have like 20 musicians squeezed into this tiny recording studio mm. making this calamitous racket and then but one of the most important things might even just be the triangle. Yeah. And if that wasn't quite right, then um, it kind of wouldn't be the same song. So I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting going back to listen to the Beach Boys music, having watched the film. Um, so I think you kind of appreciate it on it. Well, that's definitely like, I mean, I didn't even register the fact there were sleigh bells in uh, <laughs> Wouldn't It Be Nice and, mm-hmm. the, and the way everything is layered. So I'm definitely going to go back. <coughs> Excuse me. And... Um, make sure that I listen to Pet Sounds tomorrow mm. on the way to work and probably tonight. And then, um, yeah, no, I'm excited. It's kind of, I think it was a, a sketch in Portlandia. You've watched Portlandia <laughs> where they're making fun of a, there's a guy who owns a studio who's just going, oh, do you know, this, this piano is the one they used in Pet Sounds and this bell is the one they used in Pet Sounds. So right. This snare, yeah, you hear that? That's the one from Pet Sounds. <laughs> but um, it is kind of viewed as a really important record and I, I don't think I was really aware of of that, that no. much. I think I don't only have kind of the best of the Beach Boys album growing up. It's probably all over. I suppose it's that not, and it's really interesting because I've actually got a record right here which you just heard me drop on the floor, which is Beach Boys Greatest Hits. And when I listened to that, I didn't, I was like, oh, that's fine. And yeah. that's why I think it's important to listen to an album. Yeah. And no, realize that that captures something which, just put that record back and in there. That maybe all the stuff about. I think he even says it in the film, I can't write any more about fun in the sun. Yeah, surfing. <laughs> and surf. we don't surf. <laughs> no, no, surfers don't like our music. No. So, um, yeah. Right, well, good. So, okay. so I'm not going to give it my commendable. <laughs> That's disappointing. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we all saw it coming. <laughs> all right, well, good. Okay, so it's feature time. It's feature time. Let's, um, let's do it. Five and five. All right, Joe. So the first track that I'm going to play you is by Childish Gambino, mm-hmm. and the song is called V Three Thousand and Five. Got it. Okay. So, so Joe, what what did you think of uh, V Three Thousand Five by Childish Gambino in five words? Well, I think the format goes: Do I recommend it? Yeah. Which is yes. Good. And my five words are. Was bouncing in my seat. Nice. That was bouncing in my seat. Yeah, got it. And I can confirm he was bouncing in his seat. So, tech accurate. Okay, so the next song, Joe, is "Ride Away" by Two Galants. Okay. Right. Okay, Joe. So you've just heard Two Galants. Yep. "Ride Away." Can you tell us if? First of all, if you would recommend it. I'm going to say no. Ouch. Okay. And five words to describe it, please. Singer sounds like Rod Stewart. (laughs) Very nice. Okay, I can't can't deny you that. That is a a well... But, you know, well, I'm not allowed to put that. I really like those guys. No, that's all you can say. All right. So, next song. The next song I'm going to play is... National Anthem mm-hmm. by Lana Del Rey. Okay. 
Okay, Joe, so you just heard National Anthem by Lana Del Rey, our third track mm-hmm. in our five for five. Five and five. Uh, first of all, can you say whether you would like to recommend the track? Yes. Some hesitation I'm sensing there, but it is a yes, I can confirm. That's two out of three. And, uh, and five words to describe it, please. Pop in a good way. Pop in a good way. Nice. Because it kind of sounds like you're really insulting the whole genre, but somehow she's squeezed it out. Interesting, that's what you took from that. Yeah, well, I'm popping a good way. I don't know. That does sound a bit like I've become quite obsessed with her in terms of her music recently and just mm. listening to her stuff all the time. Okay. Um, High by the Beach and uh, I don't know. Do you, have you heard much of her stuff? I think I heard... Her, I don't know if it was her first, her last album, not the most recent one. Okay. Um, and no, don't get me wrong. I love a bit of pop. Mm. Sync, one of the one of my well, yeah, pop. but that's Let's that's just a, almost a different genre, right? Okay, so the next track I'm going to play you mm-hmm. is by Chance the Rapper. Yep, and it's called All Night. Okay. Okay, Joe. So uh, I'll talk a little bit more about the song in a minute. But that you just heard All Night by Chance the Rapper featuring mm-hmm. Knox Fortune. Yeah. Recommend or no? No. No. Okay. I kind of I predicted that. And five words to describe the song. Like chance, but didn't move. That is, can I do it again? You certainly can. Like chance, didn't move me. Yeah. I think I realised that that's one of the more accessible songs on the album, which is probably why I like it. And I think anyone who's actually into music and knows things about music would have picked any of the other songs. And you probably would have gone, yeah, I really like this. So that's more of a reflection on me and my terrible taste. Okay, so uh, is that four or is that number five? That was four, wasn't it? Good, good. Okay. So the last song I'm going to play is by Jungle and it's Busy Earning. Okay. Okay, Joe, so you just heard Busy Earning by Jungle. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep, I did. At the moment, it's two and two. Mm. Recommending? Where do you think it's going? I, I can't, it's, it's 50-50 right now. It's yes. 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 Okay. And... Five, five words, yep. Going out to get album. Going out to get album. Nice. Yeah. So, now that I'm freed from the shackles of only having five words. That's right, yeah. No, I really like that. Yeah. Like, good way to finish um, how do you feel, feel the features going I like the feature I mean it's only the second time we've done it Yeah. I'm nervous that none of the music that I've played will make it on the show but then I also feel that because my taste in music is so bad mm. that actually um, that might work considering I listened to Downtown by Macklemore 17 times today because I was dancing <laughs> around I was dancing around my office and the kitchen while cooking dinner God, I, told I you just that. I just love that song so much too. I don't care how I, bad it is sure. I think I'm, Macklemore was playing at a music festival I went to when I was watching two of my favourite bands. Yeah. And one of my favourite bands played, and then there was a kind of three-hour gap between when my other favourite band came on, and it felt like every act that was playing was just trying to stop me having fun. (laughs) I'm I'm not sure it was their fault, but I was just really wanting to see the bands I'd come to see. Sure. And bear in mind that it was Macklemore, then a band called Volbeat. I don't know if you ever heard of Volbeat. I have not heard of Volbeat. Um, I know we say we have to find the good in everything. But I was about to say that is Volbeat just to refresh your mind are of our kind of, um, they, they try and cross kuff kind of Elvis with death metal. Doesn't sound great. 
um, honky tonk metal. They are, yeah. They, I, I think they're Danish, or they might be German. Sure, but uh, they're really popular in Luxembourg. I can yep, tell you that big much. time, big time Luxembourg fans. Um, but to be honest, I wanted to scratch my ears yeah. and eyes off. And Ma- with Macklemore more so than and them? Then, well, then I think Macklemore were first, and we, I, I think we were kind of going. Oh, I think live rap doesn't translate very well as I, in my experience. In my experience, it hasn't done. I really want. I've seen some shows that have been amazing. It tends to be, go too much to like the hype man, and then there's yeah. like three or four people you've never heard of who come on stage. And it's like it's a lot of the DJ just playing the track as it, exactly as it is yeah. on the record, and mm. then the rapper rapping not quite as well because he's a bit out of breath. Yeah, on the, <laughs> over the perfectly DJ version. Yeah. But I have no, that, that said, I've seen some other. Like proper live shows, which yeah. have been great, and have have used the same techniques but just done better. And yeah. I think festivals, actually, Jersey, Glastonbury, maybe. Yeah, um, well, I didn't see that one um, live, at least. Mm. But um, Ghost Poet, I saw mm. uh, he was really, really good live. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think festivals aren't always the best environment to view bands in no. either. I think um, no. that's something I've kind of come to a realisation which is that uh, the festival environment they're there to play a shortened set mm-hmm. of their kind of their most popular hits right. basically and, and that like often doesn't translate that well to someone who's a casual player. sure well we've gone off on another tangent um, yesterday yeah. at work we had to come up with a adjective to describe ourselves with using the same letter as our first uh, name yeah. and I didn't come up with uh, I came up with tireless Tom okay. when really I should have come up with tangent Tom because <laughs> that's what I'm good at that's so right. we're coming in a little bit underneath our normal length so sounds about right let's um <laughs> that's why I thought the tangent let's get, let's get back on track that's fine yeah right so we are getting into our second ever listener recommendation that's right yeah uh, this week's recommendation was from a guy called Rav um, and he recommended the YouTube Dungeons and Dragons series Acquisitions Incorporated. Um, and what this is, as far as we can tell, uh, is it's made by Penny Arcade TV. That's the that's the company that does it. And this is a group of men, five Cer- guys, certainly men, yeah, playing um, playing Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know if you have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons. I have not. I did a voiceover. Uh, gig for some guy who was hosting a game of, game of, um, of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Once. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, right. But that's the closest I've ever come. Well, for anyone who's not aware, Dungeons and Dragons is like a, a role playing game where where um, there's one guy who acts as the dungeon master, he's known as, and he kind of tells this story, and then all the players are involved in the story by playing characters. Um, and the outcome of what they want to do, the players, is determined by rolls of dice. So if they're successful or not, this is determined by dice. And um, it's become... It was, I think, at least when I was at school, it was the thing that the losers, <coughs> slash me, would do in <laughs> at lunchtimes um, with their friends. Mm. Um, and now it's kind of transferred into the mainstream and is now hugely popular like this is mm. not not the um not by any means the only one i've seen right. quite a few there's one called um harman quest which is where a load of comedians have done it I like think. dan harman 
Yeah, he yeah. he runs it, and then they've had guest stars like Aubrey Plutz, uh, yeah. uh, Thomas Middleditch, all these guys, really okay. funny people. Um, I've done that one. Yeah, and you saw that a lot through um, Community. There was a lot of references yeah. to Dungeons and Dragons. Big Bang and, Theory talks about it yeah. a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, to get back to Acquisitions Incorporated, this is five guys playing Dungeons and Dragons, and um, we essentially watch them play this story through. Um, it started really promisingly. I really like the, the opening animation. Yeah, the intro is hilarious. Really funny. Um, and, and really nicely done. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's saying to you, it reminds me of like one of those... 80s cartoons or, that we were like, Jason and the Wheeled Warriors. Exactly, or, yeah. yeah. Or uh, Ulysses or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah. that. Um, the best two. They've really done well there. I think from there it kind of slid away <laughs> a little bit from us. <laughs> um, now... I've got to be honest, we didn't make it through the whole episode. I was I was unable to watch any more of um, Jerry Holkins, who plays Omindran, a half-elf cleric and founder and CEO. <laughs> I found it was probably the the elf part of him that I just struggled to... Mm. Yeah, I can see that. ...to kind of... But yeah. the rest of them, you know, Berwyn, Bronzebottom, uh, Jim Darkmagic and Viari, they were all, yeah. they were all quite nice. Uh. They seemed fine. <laughs> um... Well, what I, what I would say is they what what was nice about it was they they're clearly um, really enthusiastic about it and having a really good time doing it. There wasn't a lot of pretense. They were just it was. I mean, it it was didn't seem particularly unless they're very clever. It didn't seem that it and it's not designed to appeal for someone like me who doesn't watch you know or play the game. Mm. But it did seem like it was a genuine. This is just these guys playing and hanging out and yeah. I guess the idea behind it is that you can enjoy the story I, for, for me at least I think with something like Dungeons and Dragons it's probably only fun if you're you are a part of it right and my nephew who is five his favourite thing to do is go onto YouTube and watch this other kid take his toys out in the attic and show all his toys oh, yeah, and loads of this, yeah. loads of kids are really into that yeah. and there's like people who go onto YouTube and watch videos of other people playing um Video games. Video games. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand. Like I, I, I hated when you went to a friend's birthday party, and there was like six people, and there was only two controllers watching other people. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I always want to be involved in doing things, and so this kind of. I've gone down a bit of a black hole with watching people. Play. <laughs> 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 but I would have to say this was um, the comedian Limmy. Have you ever seen Limmy or heard of no, him? No, I don't. He does. Um, he's really funny and does lots of weird YouTube videos mm. but he'll play Grand Theft Auto with people right. online and then he makes weird little films of him wanting just walking around Grand Theft Auto online and saying to people just, do you want to see my new antique dagger <laughs> and when they're like ignoring him he stabs himself it's quite funny but anyway um, it's already so, funnier than what we <laughs> just watched well, I think so yeah What maybe what we're saying is that perhaps it's down to our generation that we are um Maybe we're not quite in tune with what makes this popular. Listen, if, if Rav had recommended Flight of Dragons, he knows I'd have been right there with him. Um, Visionaries, another Rav. It doesn't quite hold up as well as, you know, mm. as it did when we watched it, but still, amazing. <laughs> um, so on the on its plus side, I'd say, yeah, clearly very enthusiastic people about it. And I think people that loved Dungeons & Dragons might 
Might yeah, too. we could have some listeners here into that. Yeah, um, probably do. Um, and have you got any other positives? Uh, it seemed like I had a good camera. Um, <laughs> oh. In some ways, it was filmed like Horace and Pete. Um, That's true, yeah. Just kind of in one room. <laughs> uh, the table that was provided um, by Carolina Game Table seemed uh, a very nice table. Well, it was no... Um, Paintable, let's be honest. Yeah, sorry, I, I should not promote cross tables, oh cross purpose tables, oh, diff- different tables for different needs. So, <laughs> um, yeah, you couldn't I've hang that table on the wall, so in- instantly not, inferior. Not with the amount of Cheetos that are probably stuck to it. No. Um, that was the other thing I was going to say is that I'm not sure I've ever seen five more pale people in my life. I'm not sure they've seen... Didn't look very healthy. There's not a lot of kale getting eaten by those guys. Even though I did see a good New Yorker cartoon the other day that had a tombstone and on it was just like, so glad I ate all that kale. (laughs) (laughs) But still. Yeah, so I think it's going to be, sorry Rav, but a unanimous non-recommendation. Four thumbs down. Um, No, let's just say one each. Let's not go overboard. Um, Yeah. But... Don't let that discourage you from... (laughs) (laughs) Please, more of you, send in your things and we will be... We'll take them to pieces. No, uh, we will be kinder to better stuff. No. Um, Okay, well, I mean, we are... It looks like we're coming in a little bit under our normal length, so I know Tom Hardy gets a bit funny if we don't last his entire train journey. That's right, that is a very good point. But perhaps you could stretch out the final bit of the podcast, which is linking... Love and Mercy to Okay. Alright. This is it so is it Acquisitions Incorporated? Yeah, it's Acquisitions Incorporated. So what I would say is that if you um just remind me of the name of the doctor in uh Dr. Eugene Landy. Dr. Eugene Landy. So you could certainly say that Dr. Eugene Landy uh was playing Acquisitions Incorporated when he took Brian Wilson under his wing and basically stole his uh, money and houses. And uh, so he, he acquisitioned... Requisitioned. Requisitioned. Well, you could say that Brian Wilson was one of his acquisitions yeah. and he was doing it kind of as a seedy business. You don't okay. seem very... I thought this was quite a good one. Um, yeah. No. Keep going, keep going. Okay. Or is that... Well, I, and now I feel like I'm inferior that I need to add to it. Um, you could go the other but way. It just seems like it's just linking the name you, of the series. Okay, you could go the other way, and you could say that um, I think Jerry Holkins, yeah, who I found you know rather unpleasant, he could be the Brian Wilson, and actually he's driving that mm. team mm. in new, challenging, and different directions that will make this the best uh, Dungeons and Dragons show. But I'm just not able to see it in the same way mm. that lots of people couldn't see the genius of. Brian Wilson. That's a lot better. Yeah, that's better. Nice. Okay. Pains well. me to say that about Jerry Holkins, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure we want to end with comparing Jerry Holkins to Brian Wilson. Let's not. Let's, that's out. <laughs> um, Jerry Holkins is more like Paul Giamatti's character, Doctor Randy Eugene Randy. Randy Landy. Randy Landy. Fair enough. All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up. All right. And we'll see you next time. Sounds good. See you, Joe. Cheers. Subscribe. Bye.